Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. All right, guys. Thank you for joining The Dad Presents. Please make sure you're following on whatever platform you're listening. There's only a couple left. Uh, Spotify, Rumble, and iTunes. And that's what we're talking about today is censorship. We're doing an unplanned emergency show because free speech is on life support here in America. Doctors are no longer allowed to share their professional opinions in public, especially here in California. Uh, coming back to the dad presents for a third time is the great Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. McCullough has been bravely fighting the corrupt and dangerous public private partnerships between government and the pharmaceutical industry for a couple of years now. Um, you, you guys know the, the word fascist, it gets thrown around a lot right now, but Mussolini is actually the one who created the term. And he said what it meant was corporatism. It's a merging of corporations and government and public private partnerships. And that's what we have going on right now. And guys like Dr. McCullough are bravely fighting it. So please, if you have not yet read Dr. McCullough's book, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Turn off the show right now, buy it, come back and check out the show later. You need to know what's happening. It's a fun read for something government related. Get that book. So right now I'm going to introduce Dr. Peter McCullough. He's a cardiologist. He's one of the most published doctors in the world. He understands cardiology, you know, pretty good, pretty good. Yet for some reason, a bunch of friggin' tech nerds at Twitter seem to think they know heart medicine better than he does. I don't know. He's been banned for disinformation about his area of expertise, which is just, just it's, it's amazing. So Dr. McCullough, uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Welcome to the show. Matt, thanks for having me. I need to ask you, am I the new record holder for the Dad Presents podcast? Am I getting uh, close? We've had uh, Spike Cohen on four times. So you're, you're ah. second. Yeah. You know, I just set the record for Informed Dissent, the podcast by Jeff Barkey and Mark McDonald out in California. Oh, yeah. And I'll be with Jeff actually starting tomorrow out in Sedona. And uh, we're going to shoot some live vid uh, out there. Oh, very um, cool. You know, you just you correctly define fascism the right way. It's when the, the government and corporations become entwined and you can't tell who is who. And uh, United States, we actually have a doctrine to protect against fascism. It's called the state actor doctrine, meaning that the state, once it starts acting through companies, then the companies must uh, honor constitutional rights. And this is very interesting because American First Legal has, through FOIA, the documents that the CDC was meeting, probably still is meeting with Twitter to craft the false yeah. agenda on COVID-19. So that's government state actor. And so Twitter must guarantee now, Twitter is no longer a private company. They're actually an extension of the government. They must guarantee our rights to free speech. Now, uh, there is no such thing as misinformation. That's a propaganda term. In um, medicine, there's just scientific observations and data. It's evolving, it changes. And uh, there are, you know, at least two or more interpretive points of view on everything. No two doctors agree on anything. So there is no such thing as information or misinformation. That's a complete fraud. And we yeah. should call it like that. So any person, whether it's a person, it's, it's a company, a state actor, declaring misinformation, in a sense, they're defrauding the public by doing that. It doesn't exist. Uh, and uh, what we are witnessing right now is the government 
basically breaking our own constitution mm-hmm. and advancing a false narrative on Americans is going on for three years now. It's been going on worldwide. Very disturbing. Yeah, it's it's tyranny and it's it's terrifying. And I believe Alex Berenson also has documents or at least testimony proving that the Biden administration was directing Twitter to have him removed. So that's that's a direct assault on our on the Bill of Rights. Um, and that's scary. That's scary because now we're talking about like dictatorship type of stuff, like where where the the government is leading the press and the press is supposed to be a check and balance on the government. Right. Or we um, should at least consider Twitter as a common carrier. So I think that's more reasonable. They're a common carrier. Yeah, it would be like, uh, you know, having your account with AT&T or Mm. Yahoo or AOL. They're a common carrier and they could abide by Federal Communications Commission rules regarding profanity and nudity. But, you know, you know, Twitter and its community rules, of which there are many pages, they actually openly allow nudity. Oh, yeah. And uh, so mm-hmm. t- Twitter actually doesn't even follow FCC common carrier rules. They claim to be a private company. You know, I was suing Twitter uh, over the last few months, multi-plaintiff case, and uh, for Twitter deleting my former account, my COVID-19's treatment scientific account, and Twitter prevailed. They said, no, we actually have the right to participate in this conversation by manipulating accounts. And uh, that is their method of uh, strategically participate, and they actually prevailed on what's called SLAP, that my lawsuit was a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Fast forward, in the last week, we saw instability of followers, multiple accounts. We thought it was e- the news of Elon Musk acquiring Twitter, maybe a reassignment of the bots. We all have nefarious bots associated with our accounts that are trying to you know, ultimately mm-hmm. uh, take us down. I had already screenshot. I knew Twitter was actively unfollowing people. I had 512,000 followers, mainly doctors, but I had millions more on my feed and Twitter's actively unfollowing them. Then October 6th, what happened? uh, People started texting me. I was at the hospital and uh, Twitter drained all my users, my followers to zero. You can't do that. They actually zeroed out my account. Really? Yeah, they zeroed out my account. Then they suspended me. Then they wouldn't let me back up my data. So my tech and legal teams are involved. Now Twitter's backpedaling. We're waiting for an answer. I've got a case number. You know, Twitter will never tell you what representative you're dealing with. They'll never tell you what community rules they think are at issue. There's no due process. And and people say, well, why bother bother with Twitter? I've got big presence on Getter and True Social and Telegram. The reason why Twitter is important, about a third of the world is on Twitter. And, uh, you know, they have created a very user- friendly platform. And it's like, and Twitter ought to be available to the world. Uh, they certainly have monetized it very well. Twitter, yeah. yeah Twitter in, in no way should be trying to delete my accounts. You know, I was bringing scientific information forward, Matt, in, in graphical abstracts and manuscripts. The media was depending on it. I got calls by the media saying, Where, where's the scientific papers? And I said, listen, Twitter right now is uh, suppressing science. Yeah, I've never seen you make an argument or put anything up on Twitter without like citing the references. So to call it disinformation, it's it's just it's just also disingenuous. Like we've dealt with it on this show, not for nudity, not for swearing, not for anything like that. We've been we've been banned on YouTube. We had a hundred thousand on Facebook. They banned that. Uh, we're on our third account on Twitter, and every time it's been for interviewing a doctor like yourself or Pierre Corey or Dr. Malone. It's that seems to be what they're concerned about is that we're interviewing doctors in their area of expertise. So if if doctors 
cannot discuss things or there's only one opinion a doctor can have. Doesn't that just freeze scientific uh, progress if there's no debate? Don't we just stop progressing in technology? It's true, it's true Matt. The lifeblood of scientific advancement is discussion, what's called discourse. Uh, you know, In response to the Twitter debacle, I started a Substack called Courageous Discourse with my uh, co-author, John Leake. It's already wildly popular. People are signing up like crazy, courageous a discourse. And that's what it is. It's, it's a discourse. It's an interchange of information. Uh, and doctors like myself, Pierre Corey is a pulmonary critical care doctor who has great expertise in the pulmonary illness of COVID-19. Same with Paul Merrick. I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist. I was innovating on how to treat patients in the office. I published my findings. I, I did the best I could to be uh, scientifically accurate. I'm approaching 60 peer-reviewed papers in the peer-reviewed literature. That is a sizable number. I have over 760 total in the National Library of Medicine. That's tops of almost anyone in the country. I've testified in the U.S. Senate twice as lead witness and co-moderator, multiple state Senate. My track record on this, Matt, is beyond reproach, beyond reproach. And you know, when I went to the Joe Rogan studio, I drove down there from Dallas to Austin I showed up with a sport coat and tie like I am now. I told Rogan, you know, I don't have a tattoo on my body. I don't smoke dope. I don't drink alcohol. I don't cuss. I'm just going to show the scientific data. It can't be any cleaner than that. America is actually seeing its best doctors trying to bring truth forward and seeing a brutal suppression. Right. Yeah. And at this point, it's so clearly motivated by financial gain for a few like Pfizer yesterday. We just learned yesterday, Pfizer admitted probably by accident that they did not test uh, enough to know that the, the vaccine would prevent transmission of the disease. Something that uh, uh, Fauci and everybody else said, this will stop you from getting and passing on COVID. Well, now Pfizer says, well, that's, that's not actually true. So I guess Pfizer is going to jail like tomorrow, right? It's true. That was a stunning interchange. Uh, member of Parliament Roos and then uh, the Pfizer representative. And she said, well, we didn't we didn't know if, if it um, uh, she said prevented immunization. I think what she meant to say is prevent transmission. And it's true. There was discussion of challenge studies of taking an immunized person and being challenged with somebody sick and nobody had the guts to do it. They should have done it. But our CDC director came out mid 2021 and said the vaccines don't stop transmission. We knew right then and there. They weren't working. The mystery is why did people still mandate it? Why, why, why did this become such a such a uh, you know a, a modicum of how the world was going to you know work and revolve around vaccines that didn't stop they didn't stop case acquisition they didn't stop transmission and now we find out they didn't even reduce hospitalization and death. There's no been no randomized trials showing reductions in hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, either as a primary, secondary endpoint, no FDA granting of that claim. Now a paper by uh, by Grapsa and colleagues from Greece, three centers uh, through the alpha, through the Omicron outbreak. Do you know what the mortality was of somebody fully vaccinated in the hospital on the ventilator? And it does happen, small number of people, 62%. These vaccines Jeez. are worthless. They, you know, there's two things that make the syndrome milder. That is having a prior episode, so natural immunity, and a second right. case, and early treatment. That's right. on my Substack right now. People want to look at. It. I have a great risk stratification diagram. You know, the most important risk stratifier now is: Did you previously have COVID? The most important question a doctor or nurse should ask when they get called 
from somebody who has COVID is, is this your first time or your second or third time? If it's the second or third time at, you know what? It's just over the counter. It's like, no, it's like a common cold. Man, every, every informed doctor that I have talked to has shared that sentiment about early treatment, early treatment. Yet we didn't hear one word about early treatment. We still don't from our government. Be, and, and the reason is because if there was an actual treatment, they couldn't have their emergency powers or whatever. If there was some treatment they, they noticed as this is a treatment, we recognize this is a treatment, their emergency powers to rush through this vaccine are gone. So they just ignored it. Um, Fa- I mean, how many things did Fauci lie about or either lie or he was just flat out wrong? Is he still on, is he still on Twitter? So if Twitter is the arbiter of truth in medicine somehow, a bunch of bunch of computer nerds. Why isn't Fauci banned? Why are you banned but not Fauci? Like you can point to 10 different things that he got wrong and or lied about. It's true. Well, you know, our CDC director has come out and said that uh, they got a lot of things wrong. They haven't indicated, you know, what they've gotten wrong, but you could almost take every single aspect of the infection and of the pandemic and point to it and and understand that they got things wrong. So uh, let's just start out with social distancing, lockdowns, and masks. They were all wrong. It turns out the only thing that- And destructive. Yeah, destructive. The only thing that actually works is the nasal virucidal washes. That actually does reduce spread and uh, is, is a good public health measure. 12 randomized trials. Congresswoman Nancy Mace brought this up to the Department of Health and Human Services. So why are we actually talking about what works? Just using dilute povidone iodine or dilute hydrogen peroxide, uh, xylitol, um, server. Those, those products actually work, Yeah. Uh, you know, in outrage. Uh, so they were just completely wrong on the contagion control measures. The Great Barrington Declaration was correct. They said, listen, just protect the seniors. Everybody go about their business as it were. So they were completely wrong in contagion measures. And that's that's the one that Fauci emailed uh, the other guy and said, we got we to gotta shut this down, right? Right, right. That, that, was, that was Jay Bhattacharya. He's one of my, uh, my contributors, frequent contributors at Fox, one of my partners. Uh, they went after him uh, in, for the Great Barrington Declaration, which came out around October 2020. It was actually correct. Another thing is they actually never conceptualized the illness correctly. I have this out in today's Substack uh, on the Courageous Discourse Substack, where you know there's three phases: viral replication, cytokine storm, and thrombosis, and they're overlapping. The, the the infectious disease side of America and the National Institutes of Health never actually got the concepts right. So they were saying, wait for two weeks until you're really sick and you need oxygen and then come in the hospital and start remdesivir. That's completely mm. wrong. By that time, the virus is long gone. It's inflammation and thrombosis. That's the problem. So they actually didn't even understand the disease correctly. Do you know there is one positive trial with remdesivir? First author is Gottlieb and colleagues. And he's actually one of my former um, partners at uh, in my hospital in Dallas. Uh, you know where it is? If you use remdesivir very early on in the first couple of days as an outpatient in terms of serial infusions. So, you know, they couldn't even get the concepts correctly. Then uh, the complete suppression of early treatment, which we believe is criminal. They should have just left doctors alone. There should have been no FDA commentary on hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. ivermectin, none, mm-hmm. none. They should have just let doctors do what they want to do. Doctors established a community standard of care, not the CDC, NIH, and FDA. They got inpatient care correctly because incorrectly. The WHO found late use of remdesivir in the hospital was neutral 
overall for mortality uh, harmful for kidney and liver damage. And WHO in November 2020 said, do not use remdesivir in the hospital. But the U.S. actually put a financial bonus on this, and U.S. Hmm. hospitals gave remdesivir when the WHO didn't. Uh, we move on to testing. They got testing incorrectly. Turns out the WHO said in June of 2021, no more asymptomatic testing. Stop all this testing going on cruise boats and planes and school and work. And, and it kept going. And finally, you know, more than a year later, the CDC says no asymptomatic testing. So they got that wrong. Uh, they got antibodies wrong. You know, we started out with measuring antibodies to check for immunity. Things were working out pretty well. And then the FDA came out and says, don't rely on antibodies to assess for immunity. They got that wrong. Actually, the FDA had actually cleared antibody tests for full approval for detection of prior infection. We rely on it. You, you can't find a single thing Lord. <laughs> that the CDC, NIH, or FDA yeah. got correct. Yeah. Let, let, let me summarize that for our <laughs> listeners. They got everything wrong. Literally every single thing they got wrong, <laughs> but you're the, the, you're the purveyor of disinformation or misinformation or whatever. Expressvpn.com slash the dad. Look guys, the FBI and NSA, they're tracking you, man. If you're a parent and you use the word Liberty or Patriot in your bio on Twitter or whatever, or you talk about it on Facebook, guess what? They're spending money to track your web activity. Last year alone, 4 million Americans were tracked. That data recently came out. 4 million Americans were spied on by the FBI and they're not going after the lefties. So protect yourself and protect your family with a VPN blocker from expressvpn.com slash the dad. There's just no reason to not do this. At this point, you get three free months. If you don't like it by the fourth month, you cancel, cancel by month four, you never pay for it. So try it out. Expressvpn.com slash the dad, protect yourself, protect your family privacy, protect your family. Our second sponsor is zstacklife.com slash the dad. Guys, COVID's still here. Still here. People aren't dying from it, but you don't want to get it. I had it. It's no fun. Flu season's coming back around. Get your body right and ready and healthy. Exercise, eat right, and get all the vitamins you need for a strong immune system in one dose from Zstack Life, which was created by the great Dr. Zelenko, who is one of the first brave doctors to stand up and fight against the COVID regime. Go to zstacklife.com slash dad, get 15% off, get your body right. Let's get back into the show. So, okay, let's talk about this. In Cal California seems to be setting the pace for America. We have this law where they're going to not allow gas powered cars by 2035 now 17 other states have signed on to do exactly as california like that's what they their law will follow california they won't even craft it differently uh california last year tried to outlaw um outlaw the gig economy like uber drivers and whatnot they want to basically make uber make everyone employees now biden is trying to push through a national bill like this okay now california is coming out and they want to take away doctors licenses to practice medicine if they put out disinformation. Now I heard that and and that that's a red line for me like if that goes through in California, I have to get out of here for my children's safety. Like it will not be safe to get healthcare in California cuz doctors will be afraid. Is that given the way that California has led the nation in all these weird friggin' things? 
are we going to see other states doing this? I think we are. I've already, I think I heard New Mexico is next up. I think 16 states coming close to doing that. You're talking about AB 2098, the California legislation, the Dr. Muzzle Law on COVID-19. Yeah. It's been signed into law by Gavin Newsom. Oh, it's already signed into law. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you know what? So, <laughs> uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of doctors in California. They're not going to touch COVID. They're not going to mention COVID. Yeah. They're not going to talk about it. And because they can't risk getting accused of misinformation. No one knows the standards. Uh, the government narrative is not correct. It, science is evolving. What a mess this is. It's some type of an attempt to advance propaganda. You know, almost everything in this pandemic response leads to vaccines. This is the real issue. Talk about getting something wrong. There's been no assessment on safety of the vaccines. We have record mortality, large numbers of people dying, being injured, disabled with the vaccines. That's what this is about. The government does not want people to know how unsafe the vaccines are. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're trying to shut them up. So let, let, let me ask you this. Uh, if Okay. So that law is signed into practice. You can lose your license for misinformation. Does that mean if you have COVID and you go to the doctor and the doctor knows that early treatment is best and ivermectin is best and whatever, like they won't give you these things because they don't want to lose their license? I think so. Yeah. It would be implied that the doctor is is somehow uh, potentially spreading misinformation. I think it'd be too risky. Wow. wow. But let so- me give you let me give you an answer. Let me give you an answer. This is our dark times, but I recently took a board position on a company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company, Matt. And this is a company formed by e-commerce juggernaut Foster Colson out of uh, British Columbia. And it is a nationwide company in the United States. It is incorporated in Florida. It will provide care for everybody in the entire country. It has its own pharmacies, its own doctors, own nutraceuticals and supplements. I guarantee COVID patients are going to go to the wellness company in droves through telemedicine, then later on in in, uh, more face-to-face encounters in order to tackle this because uh, the, the doctors in California right now are handcuffed. Yeah. It, what is that called again? It's called the wellness company, twc.health. That's what the website is. All right. Well, it looks like my family will have to go there. Um, so when Twitter canned you, did they, did they give you a reason? Was there a final tweet that pushed it over the edge? Like, was there any communication back and forth or is it just random? You know, a lot of uh, speculation, you know, my tweeting pattern was consistent fearless and flawless. I mean, it was thousands of tweets, very consistent, never out of line. And uh, so my pattern didn't change. So if I violated the community rules, which they won't define, you know, that should have been called a year ago. Oh yeah. So people have done forensic work on the back end of my, my tweeting career. And Steve Kirsch, a flamboyant millionaire from Menlo Park, California, has concluded that my final tweet was actually a clip from the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, a wonderful documentary where I appear under Pennsylvania's state Senate testimony. It's one of the reasons why I tweeted it out. And the title of the documentary is, Are the Kids Okay? And it's about childhood myocarditis and death. That may have been the last straw, Matt. Wow. Myocarditis from from a heart doctor. Crazy. Crazy. Um, Joseph, uh, Dr. Joseph Ladepo, uh, I think that's how you say his name, the, the, the Surgeon General in Florida, 
he was just censored for he, he shared like just data, hard data about myocarditis deaths that occurred within a month of vaccination. He didn't even like he didn't even make the connection that this caused this just shared the facts immediately kicked off Twitter. But luckily, in this case, there was such a, a backlash that they let him back on. Does that indicate to you that the tide might be changing a little or is it just showing that Twitter's getting more brazen by just quickly getting rid of these doctors as soon as they put anything out? Well, it shows that Twitter is actually listening out there about what the consequences uh, are of their actions. Uh, but the backstory here is Surgeon General Joe Ladapo, Harvard-trained MD-PhD. He was my co-author on the first hydroxychloroquine meta-analysis. Joe and I are colleagues. Uh, you know, he joined uh, Ron DeSantis as Surgeon General. DeSantis, a bit shaky at first, ultimately solidified on the vaccines, uh, showed good leadership. Uh, they do their own analysis and they show an excess mortality of 84% for young men age 18 to 39 who take the vaccine. I mean, it's way out of line. It's consistent with large numbers of people dying uh, in Europe and the UK. Recent paper by Patone and colleagues in Circulation, our best cardiology journal, 100 fatal cases of myocarditis. Myocarditis causes heart damage and scarring. And the pattern here seems to be unpredictable sudden death, Matt. So either dying in the plane, uh, you know, on the playing mm -hmm. field, athletics seems to provoke it, and then it's sleep. So all these deaths in the sleep, and, and what I've said now is a young person dying who has no prior illness, uh, doesn't have a terminal illness, it's not a drug overdose or suicide, it's actually the vaccine until proven otherwise, Matt. And, and the families can help us out. If they didn't take the vaccine, it's easy. They just come out and say, they didn't take the vaccine, great. But since the majority of adult Americans took the vaccine, it should be considered vaccine-induced death until proven otherwise. It's the smoking gun. Yeah. At the time when the vaccine came out, I resisted. I didn't get it because um, there, there was no track record for it. It was brand new. And I, and I could see from the numbers that COVID was not a risk to my life. Well, now we have a track record. I ended up, after a lot of pressure from work, getting the J&J. The &J. I'm... I'm not happy I got one, but I'm glad I got that one instead of back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back mRNA shots. Anyway, um, we now know that the shot is a greater health risk to um, healthy individuals ages 18 to 39 than is COVID. Like That's a statistical fact. Yet parents are still vaccinating their kids, still giving their kids the boosters. Why isn't this message hitting home with parents? Are they, are they not hearing it? Are they ignoring it? Are, are they trusting government? I know you don't know, but why do you suspect this is still going on? I think the message is going through. I mean, numbers I hear about uptake of the bivalent boosters are very low. I don't know the pediatric data, but I do know the adult data. It goes like this. The CDC says 82% of Americans have taken at least one shot. That would be you. Um, of adults. Now, uh, of those, about two-thirds total of Americans actually got fully vaccinated. That would be one Johnson Johnson or two of the messenger RNA, two-thirds. Of that two-thirds, a third actually took an old booster, which was just another shot of the old stuff. You never did that. And now the new bivalent boosters, which were only tested on a small number of animals, it failed in the animals, by the way. They got Omicron. There was a false rise in antibodies. That's what they, the surrogate they used. And, um, uh, and there was no human studies. So the bivalent vaccines, we wouldn't expect to work in humans. Uh, one of the first people who took the bivalent was a woman in Saskatoon, Canada, nurse. She'd already taken three or four shots. She went in, she took it, she was texting her daughter and she died in the pharmacy 
with a bivalent Jeez. booster. What we know there in the United States, uptake of the bivalent boosters, less than 5%. Less than I think mo- most people I'm talking to right now said, hey, I took them early. Uh, you know, I don't know. We were scared. We were, our doctors told us to take it, but uh, no, I'm not taking any boosters. So okay. mo- well, that's most good people news. are dug in on that. Yeah, that's good news. I can tell you it's a lot higher than 5% out here in California uh, amongst my, my social circle, but that's good news that it's only 5% because uh, from talking to Dr. Malone about this, I learned that it doesn't, it doesn't protect at all. And it might put you at greater risk for the next COVID strain. So I don't, there's, it seems like there's zero upside to, to this booster, like literally zero. Yeah, there is zero upside. I, you know, with no uh, human data, we should not assume it's, it has any benefit whatsoever. You know, each of the, the bivalent boosters are still half of the old vaccines that don't work. Moderna lowered the total dose from 100 micrograms to 50. And of that 50, it's still 25 mics of the old stuff. And then 25% of the new, uh, the code for the BA4, BA5 homologous region of the spike protein. And then Pfizer and Moderna, uh, Pfizer kept the dose the same at 30 mics and just mm-hmm. split it half, half old stuff, which is obsolete in the new. Uh, either way, it's just, there's no chance of these working uh, there is no upside whatsoever. Uh, everybody pushing these should drop them immediately. Uh, you know, we had a letter that came in from 47 congressmen uh, to Lloyd Austin in the military, a very strong letter, and said, listen, these vaccines don't work. Uh, they're not safe. Uh, drop the mandates, drop all the vaccines, call the men back and women back who have been uh, summarily discharged, give them back pay, and let's drop this. Uh, America has got no more interest in these right now. Yeah. So what they will probably do is take them overseas and, and give them to Africans and have us pay for it with our tax dollars. That's my guess. Cause they're not going to let them rot. They're not going to let Pfizer lose money from, from making these things. That's not how our system works. Um, another thing we saw in, in the world of censorship that just came up this week that I found interesting and, and shows me a little bit that that they're pushing harder, but people are pushing back harder. And, and I, I like to look at that because for a while we saw them pushing and people were not pushing back at all. Now that people are resisting, it seems like they're pushing harder and people are pushing back harder and it's starting to come to a head. So what I'm talking about is PayPal. PayPal this week decided they're going to start fining people for misinformation. I heard that I'm accused of misinformation on this show. Every time I have a doctor on, I immediately closed out my account. Turns out that millions of other people did the same thing. PayPal lost $6 billion in valuation, changed course, and reversed the decision. That's a giant win. Um, What happened with Ladipo is a giant win. Do you get the sense that the tide is turned? All your hard work, guys like you, guys like Corey, guys, guys like Malone, all your hard work is starting to pay off or is government just going to dig their heels in? You know, I, I can't tell, but I can tell you the PayPal event is significant. We need to analyze it. PayPal, the financial services transaction company, basically uh, announces that they have new terms of use, that they're somehow going to discern COVID misinformation and then summarily pull $2,500 out of the account. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions there. One, who had PayPal decided this? You can't post any information at PayPal. It's not, it's not a social media site. So, so what were they going to do? Were they going to go out and hire social media experts and come up with lists and then adjudicate this and then have a medical board? What was PayPal even thinking about 
And uh, and this idea that a $2,500 fine, I mean, that is substantial. Um, and then, as you pointed out, you know, everyone drained their PayPal account. I did it. I was out to eat and this came up on my feed. I got on my phone. I drained my account in two seconds. I said, that's it. I'm not going to risk a dollar on PayPal. Oh, yeah. They'd take and, yours first, for right, sure. Right. And, and so what PayPal is, they reversed it and said, oh, we didn't mean it. But here's why we should analyze it. Uh, this is what I think. I think this is another state actor yes. doctrine thing. That's what I, I think say. a government agency or a non-government agency went to PayPal. And they said, hey, listen, we've got a list. We've got a list of people and we want you to put out a new terms of list use. And then we want you to go ahead and knock these people $2,500. I, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it was. I think it was a yep. preformed list. Somebody's got it. And that's what they were planning to do. There's no way PayPal was going to be searching no. social internet. That, that's uh, social media. There's no way. That was a government operation that went bust. Yes, and now it's been exposed. I hope through some mechanism it's revealed on who approached uh, PayPal. Yeah, I mean, there's no proof of that right now, but it's the only thing that makes sense. There's no that PayPal would have to spend so much money to like do research on this stuff, and it doesn't benefit them to do this. They're obviously going to lose some customers. What what I think it is, and what's scary, and I don't like starting to get into conspiracy theories, but. That's just a naughty word, conspiracy theory, because we have conspiracies happening all over. You have these things called ESG scores in China. Uh, it's coming here. It's And this seems like this is what they're ushering in, environmental social governance, where if you spend your money on the wrong thing or you say the wrong thing, government punishes you. And that that's what this seems like it was. Government well, was going to punish people who said naughty, naughty, naughty things like Dr. Peter McCullough. Well, you know, the real question is, it was PayPal last weekend. What's next? Bank of America, Citibank? How about your retirement? Did you see what I mean, uh, Matt, that that, um, the the question of what's next, fascism means the government is now into corporations, they're in your bank accounts. Uh, That's what's going on. Uh, Americans should be very worried. and, And I think PayPal ought to be crushed for this. And make an example to any other financial services company that if they participate in this new fascist approach, and whether it's a government agency or an NGO that's doing it, it's it's, it's got to stop. Yeah. Uh, this this COVID misinformation is code word for forcing the vaccines on people. That's what it's all about. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And we already saw this in Canada with that trucker protest where they shut right. down bank accounts. There's no reason to think the same thing won't happen here. It takes a little longer in America because Americans are used to some degree of freedom, but they're slowly, slowly stripping all of that away. Um, you know, we were, you're talking about this is to, to sell more vaccines, all of it, no doubt about that. Also just to, to in general, control us and steal from us. Um, we, we were told to get these shots, even once we knew they didn't work to protect grandma. And if we didn't get them, we hated grandmas all over America. Well, now with Pfizer's uh, admission, we know even that wasn't true. We know everything, everything was not true. Like you said, they got it all wrong. Have any, now I'm not asking you to get into lawsuits or anything, but do you know of any groups that are actively, Pfizer had certain legal protections. So did Moderna. Like they, they have some degrees of immunity. Is there wiggle room? And is somebody looking into that and taking action? 
people are, you know, who's really leading the charge on that is former BlackRock manager, Edward Dowd. You may want to have him on. He's a good guy. He says, listen, if Pfizer has defrauded the government as the lead manufacturer and they have that the liability shield should be dropped because it's fraud. And in our book, Courage to Face COVID-19, we think there's two crimes. One is mass fraud and the other is mass negligent homicide. And, and Pfizer is guilty of both of those. And the FDA let it happen. Uh, you know, a manufacturer, EUA or not EUA, has a responsibility for their products, whether they make a car, a light bulb, you know, a, a toaster oven, they are liable for their products. And for Pfizer, let this go now for two years and let the deaths pile up on this, the injuries, uh, the disabilities. I mean, this is this is awful. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the V-safe data, Matt? This was stunning. No. Uh, the CDC keeps a database of people who download the app on their phone and they report side effects. And the CDC said that they were going to report COVID-19 vaccine side effects, but we never got a report, never got a report. So the NGO ICANN, under lead attorney Aaron Siri, press the CDC to give the data, give the data on what you've learned regarding vaccine side effects. So finally, under court order, the CDC has the data go over to ICANN. They organize it on a server and a query tool, and they do their analysis. And it's shocking. Aaron Siri went on Tucker Carlson and gave the lowdown, and it was jaw-dropping. 25% of people who take the vaccines are incapacitated the next day and day after. They can't go to work. They can't yeah. go to school. I mean, these are brutal shots. Mm -hmm. Seven seven to 8% of people actually have to go to the ER. It causes a medical emergency. Go to the hospital, clinic, urgent care. I mean, this is a disaster. You know, we've been mm -hmm. focusing on deaths and myocarditis, but just the fact that these vaccines are so poorly tolerated, nobody wants to take these shots. Yeah. I, I mean, I was sick for four days. It was, this is no doubt it was terrible. Um, and they, the CDC had this data and hit it like right. someone needs to go to jail over that. That's, that's an assault. That's an assault on the American people. They had information and they hit it. They chose to hide it because they didn't want to scare people from getting the vaccine. Well, you should be scared if people are getting sick, you have a right to know that. Like, that's my right to know if I'm going to put something in my body that other people have taken this one out of four times, they get sick. Criminal. I mean, think about this. At least you have the right to plan the rest of your work week. What if you're a surgeon and you've got to do brain surgery on Friday? Right. Do you want to take your COVID vaccine on Thursday? I mean, yeah. what if you're an airline pilot? Do you, do you want to be flying the next day if you're incapacitated? So I can tell you at least a plan. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how irresponsible the CDC is. They're not helping Americans at all deal with this vaccine disaster. Well, when you put it like that, there's a, this is always the thing with government. They, they do one thing to try to create one effort, but they can't see the butterfly, butterfly effect of all the other ripples it causes in society. So like you say, the, the brain surgeon, he gets his vaccine. Someone's scheduled the next day. He has to cancel. There's nothing open on his schedule. That guy dies in, in the next two weeks. Like unforeseen oh, yeah. consequences probably all, all mm -hmm. over the place. It's a, the central reason why government just doesn't work and you need to leave it to the free market because when government gets involved they can't predict everything that's going to happen and they try it's why we're going to it's why we're probably off topic but we're probably going to end up with price controls in this country sometime in the next year because government's going to try to fix what the problem they caused with inflation with price controls which is going to put people out of business which is going to lead to starvation and death on and on and on
Well, people keep asking, Matt, what's going to be the final thing? I mean, what's going to happen? Is it Tom Brady's going to die with a booster or <laughs> Oprah Winfrey? I mean, how, how much more do we need to see in terms of public figures dying or, or uh, you know, suffering injuries? You know, Justin Bieber's face isn't right now. His wife had a stroke. You've got Bruce Willis can't talk anymore. Marvin Hagler died. Larry King Colin Powell's all, right, but they never say it's the shot. They never fess up to that. Lewis. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. Sean Caston's daughter, I think a really clear example. How about two-way player in Dallas? Um, uh, Deion Sanders, blood clots shoot to his toes. They chop off his toes. How about college football? Great. And sports announcer Herb Kirkstreet gets blood clots after he takes the vaccines. Can't go to the combine. You know, you know it, 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 it just keeps going and going. Um, people say, what's the last shoe to drop? Oh, how about pilot snow? The, the American Airlines pilot who takes the vax and has a cardiac arrest after he lands in Dallas. He's in the jetway. They're doing CPR on him. Ultimately gets a defibrillator, never will fly again. He says the vaccine did it. Uh, you know, there's always two pilots. So if one had a cardiac arrest, the other pilot could land in the plane, but still it's going to be a mess. I've been involved in these airport, these airline emergencies on, on flight. It's really messy. Uh, the pilots don't have anywhere to move. They're really wedged in there. If they get a blood clot or a cardiac arrest, uh, you know, good luck. Um, people keep asking, what's going to be the final straw? Is this going to keep going and going and going? And at what point in time are people going to say, no, I don't want to take the shot because I don't want to die? I mean, that's a pretty basic human desire to live. When are we going to get to that? Right now, everyone's kind of little laugh and it's kind of like a game of Russian roulette. Ha, ha, ha. I'll take a shot so I can go to my next clinical rotation or my next semester uh, or keep my job for another six months. But as soon as people die or get burned, oh, then, oh, I wish I never took that shot. Then they immediately, the question is when we're going to get to the point where the will of the country has been tested. I don't think we're there yet. No, we aren't. And uh, I'm. I, it's scary to think about what that that final thing will be, what it will take to convince everyone and how much more damage we're going to take on from our government. Doctor, uh, as always, super informative, uh, always well-prepared, informed. I, I, again, I, man, I, I am so grateful that you are out there uh, for fighting for my family, right? Like my kids are not vaccinated because of you that straight up. So you, you potentially saved two lives right there. So I just thank you for your work. Everyone go out and get the courage to face COVID-19. It is essential reading. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I've read it twice. If you don't like reading, get it anyway. Can you get it like book on tape series or any of that? Yeah, we just finished the audio book. We're so pumped for it to get uh, an Amazon. It should be very close to being there. Also follow my new Substack, uh, Courageous Discourse. It's already red hot. Uh, both John Leake and I are going to be writing that. You remember, he's the best-selling historian and investigative reporter. Uh, I'm the medical doctor, so we're a good team. Go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, and it gives you the, the links to get everywhere else. I'm active on Getter and True Social, skyrocketing Telegram, skyrocketing Twitter, still in negotiation. We'll have to see from there. But, you know, Substack is interesting. That may be the next platform that gets hit. I saw yep. I saw a news piece this last weekend. It says, just when I jo joined Substack, Matt, I, was, I didn't want to do it because it's just, you know, I'm in practice. I don't have much time. I already do 
the McCullough Report podcast. But when Twitter went down, people said, McCullough, you've got to get this, the scientific reports out. You know, the world needs you. So, you know, Substack's a bit of more of a long format um, mm-hmm. way. I'm keeping my Substack reads to about four to five minutes, which means about two paragraphs. It's got to be digestible because people are busy. But I work hard on the key figures because people rely on these pictures to understand things. Um, and then I saw a news report, though, it says anti-vaxxers made millions on Substack. Yeah. And I showed that to my wife and I'm like, listen, I've lost so much money in the last three years. We're not making millions of dollars on Substack. You know, I, I, every, my podcast in America Out Loud is probably like yours. It's a labor of love. We're just trying to get the information out. No one's getting wealthy on this. Uh, this is a debacle for our country. We've got to pull out of it. The only court that's open is the court of public opinion. The only way this gets resolved is everybody wakes up to what's going on, and they really fight for their civil liberties and restore our democracy. Yep. Yep. That's a good last word. You know, when they, when people start pulling out the grifter term about doctors, it, it just makes me so mad because I know so many doctors who have lost so much. So you make a couple bucks here and there. Well, that hardly replaces what you've lost. Right. It's insane. It's people are just, they're, they're angry and dumb and pointing blame in the wrong place. People need to wake up. You're absolutely right. Let's hope it happens. Thank you for your work. Thank you for coming on the show again today. We appreciate you. Thanks, Matt. All right, doctor. Take care. All right. That was great. I'll get it out. I'll get it out by uh, tomorrow morning and I'll, I'll shoot you over a hard copy like always. I really appreciate your time, doctor. Okay, good. I'll get out there the best we can. Also, show a link to my Substack. Uh, we got to push that. Right, a let me write, bit. Do you have a, do you let have me a write that down right now? It's just, it's called Courageous Discourse. If you just Courageous. type it in, it'll okay. come up. Yeah, pump that a little bit. Do you have a Substack too, Matt? No, no, I don't. No, no, I got too many things going on. But I mean, I I follow. I follow. It's Dr. a Nolan. big effort. You. Oh my god, it's taking me hours a day. I don't know if I can keep yeah. it up, but um, <laughs> I got to do one tomorrow. Anyhow, let's let's keep pushing here. We we got to see if we can break it. You know, it's going to be up to the independent media. Social yep. media is not going to do it. No, nope. Ma- mainstream media is only. Gonna, it's pretty much us. We got to pretty much save the country, save the world. Right on. All right, doctor. Take All right, care. be good. Bye-bye.